you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at either 8.30 or 11 o'clock a.m., at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Good morning. I appreciate the opportunity to preach today. I told Chad, though, he's given me quite uh, several acts to follow. Darren last week, Sarah the week before, and Jeremiah always uh, is a great presence for us. So we are so fortunate to have the leadership we have in this church and appreciate uh, Jeremiah's prayer and always the prayers of, of everyone. And Gloria, thanks for the special music. Okay. The choir's just itching to get back at it, aren't we, Janelle? Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, maybe by uh, Easter? No, we'll see. We'll see. Well, um, we celebrated Valentine's Day. Uh, Gosh, that was way back uh, Monday, uh-huh. So I hope all you lovers haven't already gotten into an argument after all the candy and the dinners and the roses and all the good stuff, right? Well, uh, it was just a few days ago, lots of love as I and expressed. As I went to Kroger a couple of days after that, there were a lot of roses still left in the store, so I guess that wasn't that big an item or maybe too expensive this year. But... As I was thinking about uh, Valentine's and as I shopped for my uh, Valentine, where are you, Susan? Oh, there you are down here, close to the front, okay. (laughs) Um, Anyway, uh, my mind went to this little uh, uh, song, It's So Easy to Fall in Love, and I'm going to ask you how many of you know it, because it was from the 60s or the 70s or, you know, when you get as old as I am, the decades kind of just run together. But I think Linda Ronstadt made it famous, maybe in the 70s. It's so easy to fall in love. Yes, it's so easy, it's so easy, so doggone easy. Well, yes, it is easy to fall in love. But with Valentine's Day, we know that falling in love is not all there is. It's about staying, staying in love. And that is not so easy. Some tough living is in the works for those of us who want to give love and receive love. Back, uh, maybe some of us can reflect back to the wedding day, uh, full of joy and excitement and uh, lots of good things. And then reality hits, doesn't it? Who's going to cook the meal? Who's going to wash the clothes? Who's going to clean the house? And if kids arrive, ooh, the rubber really hits the road then. Who's going to do this? Yes, it's so easy to fall in love, but, and it's so easy to love when a spouse disappoints us, right? No. And it's so easy to love when a child does something we don't approve of, right? And it's so easy to love when a friend betrays us, right? No, no it's not. We have expectations 
of those persons we love. And, and so does Jesus have expectations of us. Well, in this passage of Luke, uh, we have some, some tough love, some expectations that Jesus lays out for us that are hard, just plain hard to live. We know it, it's fairly easy to become a Christian and a member of the church. You could walk right up here and say yes, yes, yes to the pastor, and you're in. <laughs> you're a church member. You're a Christian. You, you've signed on the, on the line. And then reality sets in, doesn't it? What does it really mean to be a Christian? What does it really mean to live out the Christian life? To love God and to love neighbor. How easy is that? Well, it's, uh, it's not so easy. You know, it sounds good. Love God, love neighbor. Isn't that wonderful? And the world will be a wonderful place. But in verse 27 and 28 of this passage... Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who hurt you. Say what? <laughs> Say what, Jesus? I'm not sure I signed up for that. Hmm. All this love, does it really mean that kind of love? That serious a love? To love our enemies, to do good those who hate us, and to curse, bless those who curse us. Uh, I was telling, telling Brad I'll need some amens this morning, but I may get, oh no, don't say that. <laughs> well, I'm only saying what the Bible says and what Jesus said. <laughs> so, you know, okay, give me a break, right? I'm trying to represent Jesus here. But then, and then he goes on and says, and if someone slaps you on the cheek, Turn the other cheek as well. Now, now really, Jesus gets serious. I mean, come on now, right? In this day and age. Well, I don't know that I signed up for that kind of life when I said I wanted to be a Christian in my heart. What's being a Christian is all about. It's about expectations to love as God loves. Now, these passages um, don't mean... That we are to just be a doormat. You know, if somebody hates you, uh, hate them back. It doesn't mean uh, to become or endure abuse. Jesus is not saying that. Um, and so we need to unpack, we need to unpack this passage a bit. A couple of our other passages today mentioned anger. The Old Testament passage mentioned about be careful with your anger the psalm let go of anger leave rage behind don't get upset it will only lead to evil and then we had the passage about joseph who told his brothers don't get angry joseph telling his brothers don't get angry joseph was the one who had the right to get angry they sold him into slavery and he turned it around and god through him turned it around so Jesus, I don't think here, is saying not to get angry. It's natural. It's human to get angry. And we have a choice of how we respond 
with our anger. We have a choice in how to live. We have a choice when we get angry and upset about something. Jesus got a bit upset, you know, turning over the tables uh, in the temple when they were abusing the temple. We have a choice how to act and to react. But in this passage, when Jesus says, turn the other cheek, as in this sixth chapter of Luke, last week Darren mentioned the Beatitudes, and, and Jesus is addressing the, the common people, the lower class of that day, those who didn't have much. And uh, in our Sunday school class, uh, that meets back in room 10, by the way, come about 9.30, 9.45. Brad's is over there. Our class is back there. But anyway, or you can zoom in. You can zoom in. We've been looking at this, and how, how can we live by do no harm to other people? Well, this passage, when, when Jesus says, if somebody slaps you on the cheek, turn the other one, most likely from the culture of that day, a master to a slave or a Roman to a, a Jewish citizen would backhand somebody. They would backhand them, which would mean hit them, hit them on their right cheek. And then if you turn the other cheek, the left cheek, they won't hit you back because in that day, you only hit somebody equal to you on the left cheek, like if it would sling a fist. So the backhand was meant to demean and to put down and to demoralize. And when Jesus says, turn the other cheek, uh, it probably would shock those who did the backhanding to think, well, here, go on, take on this cheek too. It's, it's more of a gross exaggeration, a hyperbole, of think about how we respond. Think about how we react and signal to other persons that there's a different way of living. Well, I believe in this passage Jesus is teaching us there's a non-violent way of life. When somebody harms us, we have choices in how we're going to respond. We uh, can respond and must respond. Jesus is not saying, let injustice go unrighted. Jesus is not saying, uh, those who break the laws, let them get away with it. He's not saying that. But he's saying, stand up, take stock, think about how we're going to respond and do it. Do it in a manner for long-term justice. And that standing up in a non-violent way certainly can make a lot of difference. We're, uh, we're celebrating Black History Month, February. And, and I've, I've thought back on Martin Luther King Jr.'s life. And when I was uh, in the 60s, when I was in high school and college, I thought about what a radical person we thought Martin Luther King Jr. was when he was marching uh, across the Selma Bridge and when, when he was involved in Montgomery. And, and I think about, well, I don't think he seems so radical today. He certainly didn't take up arms. It was a nonviolent approach. We're going to take a stand, or we're not going to come shoot, shooting you. And unfortunately, some things turn violent, but we didn't see any 
rifles or guns in those marches for civil rights in the 1960s. I was reading just this week uh, in the Vanderbilt newsletter of uh, uh, James Lawson, who was a student at Vanderbilt Divinity School a few years before I got there. And this black young man, quite sharp, he helped organize the sit-ins in downtown Nashville and became quite unpopular for it. And Vanderbilt expelled him, kicked him out. Well, uh, a few years, decades after that, they mended their ways. And now uh, there is a scholarship, there's a school, uh, there's a, there, there are things named for James Lawson uh, respecting the way he went about working for justice. Yes, uh, many, many folk were slapped backhanded, and yet they chose a way to respond that we still talk about 50, 60, 100 years later. Jesus was also teaching us about a new way of love, a new way of love. Uh, he said, you have heard it said to love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But Jesus says, but I say to you, but I say to you, love even your enemies. And that is not easy. Verses 32 to 34 say, if you only love those who love you, what's the big deal, Christians? You know, if you only give to those who give to you, What's the big deal, Christian? Anybody, anybody would do that. But Jesus is calling us to a new way of living and loving, that we must go above and beyond. So yes, it's tough. Yes, it's tough to love as Christ loved and as God would have us to love. I think about the Sandy Hook killing of several innocent children and teachers. I've followed those stories uh, through the years. I've, I've, I've read the articles about those parents whose kids were now be like teenagers. And, uh, and I, I, it would be hard uh, for me to turn the other cheek and to love those who did harm. But many of those Sandy Hook parents have advocated for justice. They didn't just drop out of society. And just this week, there was a massive settlement, and it wasn't about the money, but there was a massive settlement about how those guns were marketed and how troubled people, deranged people that would see this, taking a gun would, yeah, this is my way to get even with the world. Quite a historic, quite a historic thing. And many of those parents spoke about, you know, there'll never be full justice, but at least a little bit, that they've worked through the court system and advocating for laws and bringing some sense of justice to that horrible, horrible situation. Yes, it's not so easy to love. It's not so easy to be a Christian. And yet, God is so loving and forgiving to us. You know, we, we promised uh, we would 
support the church with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, and our witness. But think of the times we have disappointed and, and failed God. Think of the many, many times we have uh, not lived up to what we promised we would do. And yet we count on God's forgiveness of us and we're going to receive Holy Communion in just a moment as that wonderful symbol of how God loves all of us. So why would we as followers of Christ not be held to these high standards as well? No, it's not easy at all to be a Christian, at least the kind of Christian well, Jesus just gets to meddling here, doesn't he, <laughs> in this passage. Uh, and I guess that's why we're supposed to study the Bible, to learn in depth uh, what it is Jesus wants us to do and how he wants us to live. So how do we move forward? How do we live this kind of life? How do, how do, we, how do we make sense out of that and apply it? Well, we know that it involves discipline, of our Christian lives. We must work at it, and we're not going to accomplish it every time. As we've seen over the last couple of weeks, these uh, athletes in the Olympics, uh, sometimes they fall, sometimes they fail, but more often than not, they get up and try again. They, they've practiced and practiced and practiced for hours and months, and it comes down to a two-minute routine or something. Those athletes know what it means to be disciplined and to keep at it and to keep at it. Well, I believe Jesus is calling us to that disciplined life as well. When we fall, when we fail, we must get up and, and try again. And even when it's hard to love those who don't love us, even though it's hard to turn that other cheek, we must think about, well, how Jesus really wants us in our hearts, in our hearts to live. What he wants us to be like. How he wants us to be different from what the world says and the world does. The 31st verse is most, most familiar to us. Do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. We've heard that golden rule and from from kindergarten on up, uh, and before that maybe. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. May we live with that in mind. Mm, it's, it's not so easy, unfortunately. But Jesus calls us to live that life, to love as Christ loved, to sacrifice as Christ sacrificed and gave his body and blood for us. Let us pray. Holy God, uh, you call us to be your people. And as your people through the ages have figured out, it's not easy to be your people. It's easy to say, yes, I want to love you. I want to love your church. I want to love others. And then we go home and we go to work. And we drive up and down the roads of life and find, oh, it's not so easy, Lord. 
but you call us to a better way, a new life, a new way of love that hopefully will be an example to others. And may as we live for you and love as you loved, may our love become contagious. May our children learn it from us. May our neighbors learn it from us. May those with whom we work learn it from us as we seek to be your people. In Christ's name, amen.